Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. He did it again. He did it again. Why is this okay? 93 WIBC. It's the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob. Casey's not here today. Kevin is here. Todd Young has once again done the thing where he goes out and gaslights society and talks about how, oh, the Biden administration, the spending is out of control. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Einstein. What about, uh, what about the 11 trillion you added to the national debt? Well, you know, when it's good spending, that's uh, that's a little different. I, I got to get that audio next. We'll we'll have a short opening segment, and then we're gonna pull that audio because he just he's gonna get away with it too. You people who are gonna kneel at that altar of Republican Party politics, you know what a giant turd this guy is. You know what a colossal zero Todd Young is. You know he's gaslighting you. You know he's lying to you. You know what he's done to society. We're gonna play it for you again, and you're gonna go, well, yeah, but, you know, can't let a Democrat get in there. You know, the spending might get really bad. You know, things might get really bad if Schumer's in charge. I just, it never ends with this guy. And it never ends because you people are going to allow it not to end. All right, we'll get to that in just a little bit. Uh, Okay, obviously the big news today, if you're just joining us, there has been an arrest made in the Delphi murders. Richard Allen is the suspect's name. Two counts of felony murder. Uh, Again, press conference earlier, the top of last hour, in fact, uh, we played you uh, the the, uh, state police superintendent, Doug Carter, coming out, uh, making that announcement. But look, here, here's the problem with this. And I have heard this from many people. I've seen it now from many people, and I agree. It would be one thing if there were not a track record of press conference after press conference after press conference where we were led to believe that pertinent information was going to be provided and then it wasn't. Again, if this had been an arrest made three days after the murder, okay, cool, we get it. And I'm not even saying I I don't understand why they're not giving information. I do. But the problem is you have alienated so many people over the course of this almost six-year investigation where you have time and time again had these press conferences that have divulged absolutely nothing. And that's what this press conference did. They could have done this in a press release Friday afternoon. Instead of telling everybody, we're going to have a press conference Monday morning, They could have done a press release that would have told us exactly what we got out of that press conference. I'm very glad there's been an arrest. Everyone is entitled to innocence until proven guilty. But I hope if indeed this person did do it, that he is convicted. And this is big progress if indeed they have compelling evidence that he did it beyond a reasonable doubt. But when you again don't give society anything other than there's been an arrest made, We, and I'm not just talking about we in the media, I'm talking about we as a society are looking at you going, look, we have a right to know. We deserve to know. We as a society have been invested in this case along with law enforcement because we were all cheering for these little girls to get the justice they deserve. And this is not a voyeuristic thing. It's not being a nosy Nelly thing. It's saying a horrific 
act happened. You have asked for society's help in solving the case. Now you come to us and say, well, we think we've solved the case. Here's the name of the person who we think did it. But we're not going to tell you anything about why we think that they did it. And that is, I've heard this from multiple people, that is rubbing a lot of people the wrong way. And I tend to agree with that in the sense of you have strung society along with all these press conferences that produced nothing for all these years. And while this did produce something in the sense of finally a name and an arrest, you could have just done that with a release on Friday saying, here's the person, here's who's been arrested. We have no further comment at this time. Because I think a lot of people got really, really excited that we were finally going to get some evidence in the truth. And we didn't get that today. And we don't know when we're going to get it. I mean, it could take years for this thing to get to trial so do we remain in the dark the entire time is this a thing where the prosecution drops little tidbits of evidence when you ask for society's help in a case when you for years and years and years say over and over again somebody knows something somebody say something and society is a collective not just the people of delphi in this case, not just the people of the state of Indiana. In this case, the people of the nation were squarely invested in these little girls getting justice. For you to for you to just give us a name and say, well, we're not going to say anything else right now. That seems to me to be a little bit more about the people who were in front of that camera. And look, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to catch flack for this. But that's what we do here, right? We have honest conversations with each other. That press conference to me and the way they did it, given the almost zero information they provided, seemed to be more about people seeing themselves in front of the camera, which we've talked about. Doug Carter loves to do. And look, God bless Doug Carter and the people who were involved in making the arrest if indeed this guy did it. But that seemed like a gigantic letdown after many other letdowns and more about being on camera rather than you could have just provided that information in a simple press release. And that seems to be a trend in this saga. That being said, I hope justice is served for these little girls and their families. All right, we've got the audio. When we come back, the Duke of Spendingburg, he's doing it again. It's the thing where all the spending I did is fine. All the spending everybody else did is bad. Republican good, Democrat bad. Republican spending nothing to do with inflation. Democrats everything to do with inflation. We'll play it for you. It's coming up next, 93 WIBC, Kendall and Casey Show. In relationships, when people don't fear you, they will do whatever they want to do. 93 WIBC, it's Kendall and Casey show. Voting and 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 the is a relationship between a politician and the taxpayer. Between the politician and the citizen. That's what voting is. Voting is a relationship between two people. And when you go in to vote, you are saying by affirming for someone, I want to be in a relationship or I am willing to be in a relationship with this person for the next two, four or six years, depending on the office that they desire to seek. It's a big reason why I leave the majority of my ballot blank. I did it again this year. I, I voted on Saturday 
and I left most of my ballot blank. Because the majority of candidates, even if they were running unopposed, did not earn my vote. They didn't ask for my vote. They didn't tell me what they would do. And look, I get it. If your whole goal is to get elected and you're running unopposed in many of the races in Hendricks County where I live, there's no Democrat challenger, then I guess you don't have to earn my vote. But I'm not giving it away. You're Just like with a relationship, you're going to earn the right to be in that relationship. I always told the story. When I first met my wife, she worked here. She was super liberal. I said, that ain't going to work. You want to be with this? You better shape up or you're going to shape out. And you know what? She shaped up quick. She's more conservative than I am now. The point is, though, you should demand from the politicians what you would demand from a spouse or a partner. And when you allow politicians to not be held to that standard, you get what we have in society today in which politicians believe, and rightfully so, they can say and do just about anything because they don't fear you. Politicians will always cater to the people they fear because politicians, for the most part, exist to be in office. Why do Republicans in the legislature in Indiana continue to pass record government spending, record government intervention, and record taxes? Why is that? Because Republicans up and down the ballot for state house and state senate and the governor's office do not fear you. They believe above all else you will kneel at the altar of Republican Party politics because you fear a Democrat. You know who won't kneel at the altar of Republican Party politics above all else? People who want stuff. So if you know someone's going to vote for you no matter what you do, or somebody who won't vote for you unless you do what they want, and the politician exists to be a politician, it's like I put a bowl of food in front of my dog every day before I go to work. I'm not mad that the dog eats the food. I'm not mad that Bruce, my English bulldog, eats the food because that is what Bruce is inherently trained to do. It's in his DNA. The dude lives to eat and to sleep. And when you put food in front of him, he snarfs it up. It's not Bruce's fault. It's like if I'm making food and something falls on the floor, I tell him don't eat it. He's going to eat it. And in the case of the politician, they are always going to go where the votes are not guaranteed. It's why I keep harping on you, like in the Secretary of State's race. You have to punish the Republicans. You have to hold the Republicans accountable. And the best way to hold Republicans accountable is to vote for Jeff Moore and get the Libertarians across 10% so they get primary ballot access. I say all of this because Todd Young has done it again, and we played it at the top of the hour news, where he looks someone, I guess this, I'm going to guess maybe this was Wish TV. I don't know who this was. I don't believe it was on this radio station, but he is, once again, it doesn't matter. He has looked society in the eye and he has told, we always hear the thing, the great lie, right? The great lie is not the about whether the jelly beans were counted creatively on election day. The great lie as it relates to Todd Young is that somehow his spending, his adding $11 trillion to the national debt had nothing to do with inflation, but somehow the Joe Biden spending, and it's only the spending he doesn't approve of, by the way, because remember, on all the funding of the government, Todd Young is in bed with Joe Biden and Chuck Schumer. He's voted for almost all of it. On the CHIPS Act, which added tens of billions of dollars to the national debt, 
drove up inflation, he was on board with it. But yet when it's the spending he approves of, it is all great. It's all fine. It has nothing to do with inflation. But when it's something he doesn't agree with, well, that's the inflation driver. He did it again. Listen to this. When spending is needed, Hoosiers want us to spend. When it's wasteful spending, uh, the roughly $6 trillion spending spree that the Biden administration has, has been through, that, then I will oppose it. Let's, I want to play it again because I don't want I, the, the first part of this is the most important part of this. Let's play it again. When spending is needed, Hoosiers want us to spend. When it's wasteful spending, uh, the roughly $6 trillion spending spree that the Biden administration has, has been through, that, then I will oppose it. When spending is needed. So whenever Todd Young votes for something, spending is needed. Does that make sense to anyone? We are led to believe. So keep in mind, when I talk about Todd Young adding $11 trillion to the national debt, that's above and beyond the money that comes in, which is a gross, egregious amount of multiple trillion dollars every single year. I can't remember what the exact number is. We're going to eclipse like $4 trillion this year in revenue to the nation's treasury. So when we talk about adding money to the national debt, because keep in mind, Todd Young almost every single time votes to keep the federal government open, which is the baseline spending, right? There's never a cut. There's never a this for that. It's the baseline spending. So on top of the egregious amount of money, even if we had a balanced budget, like let's let's live in a fairy tale world where we have a balanced budget. Do you know how egregious spending $4 trillion a year would be? Again, we talked about the uh, guy who called last week who did the math. If you took a $1,000 bill, a $1,000 bill, not a $100 bill, a $1,000 bill, and you neatly packed them all the way across the country, $11 trillion, which is what Todd Young has added to the national debt, would get you all the way from Indianapolis to the far end of Wichita, Kansas. On $1,000 bills, we're not even talking hundreds or ones or tens. We're talking a $1,000 bill. And this guy has the audacity to look the camera in the eye time after time after time after time and act as though his voting to add $11 trillion to the national debt was all necessary spending. We know he's full of can't say that we know he's lying to you you know how we know he's lying well there's a ten thousand different ways but number one todd young voted for the ppp program nobody read it nobody looked into it nobody made tried any, any accountability to it we have on this show spelled out the hundreds of billions of dollars hundreds of billions of dollars known we're talking about known we're talking about things that people have caught of waste, fraud, and abuse in that PPP program. That's one vote. Just take away whether we should have been shutting down society, whether we should have been paying people legally not to work. I'm talking about even if we accept the program as legitimate, which it totally wasn't, and it was totally awful, and it totally didn't need to happen. But even if we accept all of that, they have found hundreds of billions of dollars of waste, fraud, and abuse inside that PPP program. And I promise you, Todd Young didn't read that bill. To this day, he has no idea what's in it. He couldn't tell you if you hooked him up to a truth serum or a lie detector or anything else. But he does this because he reads your comments. When you people get on Twitter and go, well, you're right, Rob. 
you're right about all the stuff, but I just, for my family, I can't run the risk. I can't, I can't run the risk of a, a Schumer getting in there and, and running this country again. I can't, I can't, Rob, I can't run the risk of the Democrats. And I tell you, what's the difference? He sees that. That's why I will often respond and say, if you're stupid enough to believe that, don't say it out loud. Politicians will always go to where the vote has not been won. And Todd Young believes, and rightfully so, because he's going to be reelected, because enough of you have said it out loud, that you know what he is, but you're going to kneel at that altar of Republican Party politics. Todd Young knows he's won your vote. He owns you. How does it feel to be owned by Todd Young? When you go in and vote for this guy, I want you to ask yourself that question. Do me that one solid The one thing, we give you all this entertainment every single day free of charge. Do that one thing before you walk in that voting booth and answer that question and do it out loud. Be a man or be a woman about it. Be a man or be a woman and say out loud how it feels to be owned by Todd Young. You know what he is. You know what his record is. You know his spending. And yet you're still going to vote for him. Even when, Kevin, please cue this up one more time. Even when he he gaslights you and gaslights all 7 million people in this state and says crap like this. When spending is needed, Hoosiers want us to spend. When it's wasteful spending, uh, the roughly $6 trillion spending spree that the Biden administration has has been through, then I will oppose it. $11 trillion wasn't needed. It wasn't smart. It wasn't any better than the $6 trillion that Biden has proposed. In fact, it's worse. It's almost twice as bad. But Todd Young knows that you are too weak to do the right thing. Think about it when you go vote and at least have the courage to say it out loud. I'm too weak to do the right thing and punish Todd Young. 93 WIBC, it's the Kendall and Casey Show. Thank you, Kevin, for not doing the default Rock the Casbah with the Clash. Thank you. This is perfect for Halloween. Thank you. Have to keep it thematic. See, this is what we were talking about last hour about the need to get outside of your comfort zone. I mean, this is not an obscure, never played on the radio song, but it's not Rock the Casbah, which is what 90% of bumper music that involves the Clash is, right? Yeah, I think so. And uh, yeah, it's like, it's not something you're going to hear at like your local TGI Friday. Exactly. Sure, it's a song about nuclear war and that's a little bit of a downer, but you know, you got to mix it up a little bit. We yeah. gotta, but we gotta remind people from time to time the threat of nuclear war is still out there, and we all need to be fully aware. Exactly. It's Kendall Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's out today. Kevin is here. Uh, <laughs> I gotta talk about this because there it is uh, election season, and I get that everyone wants to talk about here in Indiana, U.S. Senate, Secretary of State, etc. But one of the big things that is on the ballot, two things, and they all kind of come together is number one, the school board races. And tomorrow, I think I'm going to talk about some of the mailers that have been sent out in my little uh, little town of Brownsburg because there are some very valuable things you can learn from mailers if you're paying attention. Um, and there's a good chance these are going on in your communities. But as it re- we'll do that tomorrow. As it relates to schools, there are in many communities elections on referendums like i know westfield has one various communities 
across the state have referendums. And we have told you time and time again, you should vote no on every single referendum. If you are a yes voter on a refer- on a school referendum, you are either an uber radical liberal who believes in unlimited money for the public education indoctrination factory, or you're a well-meaning person who's getting totally snowed. And for the case of this discussion, I'm going to operate that most of our audience, when it comes to school referendums, if you are someone voting yes, you are a well-intended person who's getting totally snowed. Because the argument from schools always is, well, if we don't get this money, then the children will suffer. And I'm here to tell you right now, and I say this as someone who was in the government as an elected person and an appointed person, there is always, and I mean always, plenty of money if government wants to be accountable and do the right thing. Let me repeat that to you. There is always, and I mean always, if you actually dug into finances of any level of government, federal government, state government, local government, there is enough money most of the time that would absolutely make you throw up all over yourself if you examined it. If government wants to be accountable and do the right thing. But the public education system has recognized that they don't have to do the right thing and be accountable because they can use kids as human shields. And thus, why do you think it is that uh, I would say in this state, 99% of referendums are related to public schools? Why is it that the public school system are the only ones who can't get their act together and live within the means like every other arm of government does. You don't see referendums for towns, for the most part. You don't see them for cities, for the most part. You don't see them for libraries, for the most part. You don't see them for fire territories, for the most part. You don't see them for townships, for the most part. You don't see them for county governments, for the most part. Where do you see the referendums? The public education system. And the reason that is, is because public education, radical leftist public education extremists know they can can con you into doing just about whatever they want if they tell you your kid's going to suffer. And they know you won't dig through their books. They know you won't examine the finances. They know you'll just take the superintendent's word for it. Because, well, they're from the government. And they're here to help. They care about your kid. They wouldn't lie to you. Surely, you know, we're told that school board elections have to be nonpartisan in the state because there's no place for politics. Sure, so many of these people are saying this and their candidates are backed by the teachers union and Democrat endorsed groups. But that's, that's beside the point, right? No, 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 no. The, the school, the superintendents, they wouldn't lie. Except they do all the time. You know, I'll I'll mention this because, well, there's some big school board elections in Brownsburg and, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that more tomorrow because what's happening there is happening in your community. But I remember in Brownsburg in which I went to meetings where 2015 they proposed raising taxes by $100 million, Kevin, 
a hundred million dollars. Some of us raised our hands and said, well, that kind of seems like a lot of money. You know, there's got to be another way. Nope. Nope. No other way. We've looked at it high and low, top to bottom, left and right. Nope. No other way. And, uh, you know, in fact, if we don't raise taxes by $100 million, and the superintendent said this in a room full of people, a whole theater full of people, so he can never say he didn't say it. In fact, Kevin, if we don't raise taxes by $100 million, kids could be at risk of dying in the hallways because of an active shooter. And that was their case that they made to the public. Sure, they were paying out of public money, a consultant, $60,000 to help them pass the referendum, but there's no money. No, 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 Kevin, there was no money. There was no money in Brownsburg to fund all the growth, the construction. No, no, no. But but there's 60,000. Nope, 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 no money. And kids could risk be risk of dying in the halls of an active shooter. And we said, okay, for one time, we're going to call your bluff. We're going to say you're full of crap, superintendent and school board. Because we think this referendum will be defeated. And we think all the stuff you said can't be done without tax increases can. And that referendum went up in flames. I'll be darned, Kevin. You know what happened? In fact, if you go down Odell Street, which is where the Brownsburg High School is located, you could do this today, Kevin. Anybody could do this right now. If you drive down Odell Street, you'll see a big, giant new wing to the high school. And if you drive down uh, 36 there, Main Street in Brownsburg, anybody can do this right now, you'll see a brand new elementary school. And you know, we were told, well, there's, there's no way that could be done without raising taxes by $100 million. And yet, Kevin... There they are. There they sit. You know why they sit there? Because the money was always there. Just like in every single school district in this state, there is so much money, you would puke on yourself if you actually looked at how much money between what they get from the state and the fact that almost 50% of every person's property taxes go to public education, plus all the other funding sources. My point in all this, just because I want everybody to vote no in these referendums, because what you do is when you vote yes, it makes it more likely that the people, the intellectual giants who run our local school board are going to lie to my community again. So if someone you know is going to vote yes on one of your referendums, whether it's Westfield or I think eight other places, uh, don't inflict harm on them, no physical harm, but please do everything in your power to let them know of the egregious mistake they're making. They're not just ruining it for their community. They're ruining it for other communities. Please let them know. The reason I mentioned all this, Kevin, and I... I roundabout way but i know people love when we go roundabout way and i know you're just enthralled hearing all of this yeah i'm, I'm in shock uh, i'm going somewhere with this it, another great example of how there's always plenty of money and i wanted to call this level of egregiousness out in case he isn't here to stop me so i just figured i'd take advantage and go for it in my little town of brownsburg every single year it seems like they raise the water and sewer rates which is a tax increase because that's like the one thing that a local government is supposed to do it's like roads bridges sidewalks police fire and the municipal utility mm -hmm. like all the other stuff they do the the gajillion dollars they spend on parks or you know whatever else they waste money on that's not the job of the government like roads bridges sidewalks police fire and the municipal utility, kind of the thing we agree on. But every year, despite a $68 million budget, we're told by the, the Brownsburg, the, uh, again, intellectual giants, a level uh, IQ probably off the chart, probably all of them Rhodes Scholars. We were told every year, despite a $68 million budget, there's no money. There's no money for the water and sewer plant. We, we don't want to take more of your money, Mr. Poor, elderly person. But we have to because there's no, there's no money. And we tried and we looked high and low and there was no money. And people, for some reason, just go, oh, okay, seems reasonable. Yet somehow, despite having no money, at the last Brownsburg Town Council meeting, 
four of the five intellectual giants who are no doubt Rhodes Scholars voted themselves a raise, Kevin. And not just like a dollar raise, a $5,000 annual raise. It's like 40%. Comes to about $22,000 a year. So on the one hand, there's no money for the water and sewer plant. But when it came to lining our own pockets, look at what we found in the couch cushion. $22,000 to ensure that each of us get, you know, a comfortable 5,000-ish dollar stipend added to what we already get. Because, you know, really funding every warehouse and single family home proposal that comes into a town. Well, that's just exhausting, Kevin. It's just exhausting. The point of all of this is there's always plenty of money. There's more money than these people deserve, whether it's your schools or your towns or your state or the federal government. They have more money than they ever deserve. And you have to find ways to stop giving it to them. And when they make it so obvious of how there's always plenty of money and how egregious they are with the money you give them, you have to call out their bull crap. 93 WIBC, it's Kendall and Casey Show. Ninety-three WIBC. It's the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm going to get to a couple of these voicemails we didn't get to during ten thirty. You guys put the effort into call. We get so many good calls; it's impossible to get to all of them. But uh, uh, by the way, I'm Rob. Casey's out today. Kevin is here, and uh, wanted to get to this one. You know, we talk a lot about DeSantis, the movement of DeSantis. It's a topic you guys love to weigh in on, and who will be the face of the Republican Party? And we've said, I've said, look, I accept the fact that for thirty-ish percent of the population, they're never going to break away from Trump. It's never going to happen. And if there's 10 guys running for president who are pulling, you know, three to five percent each to say it's going to have a hard time getting past Trump and Trump will become the nominee, kind of like he did in, in 2016 with 30, 35 percent of the vote. But every day, I think more and more people move off Trump and to DeSantis. And we had somebody who called about that. I'm a hardcore Trump, a hardcore. I've called enough messages before. Um, I will say that I am disappointed Donald Trump is not embracing DeSantis more. Um, I've written multitude of emails to the office of Donald Trump, whether he gets them, reads them. Um, I don't know, but I certainly am imploring him to not make DeSantis the enemy. Um, I do believe you're right. There's 35 to 40 percent hardcore Trumpers. I think it's more than that. I think, uh, you know, a lot of folks that don't like Trump are just simply you know, uh, have listened to lies. You're right. His money's being tied up by uh, un, un, unnecessary lawsuits, uh, unjust lawsuits that are trying to bring him down. And that's not right. But they're going to do the same thing to DeSantis. Now, what it is they're going to be able to hit him on, don't know. You may say, well, he's got a lot less baggage than Trump. Probably impossible. But he's never felt the onslaught that he's going to feel like Trump has dealt with for years. And it, it, it does harden you and it does, you know, do some things to you. And I'm, I'm sure Ron DeSantis can probably handle it, but he, so far he hasn't had to handle it. And it's going to be brutal. Breaking up from Trump is going to be very hard for some people. And it's just like being in a relationship with someone for a very long time who you never actually married who at some point there was always something keeping you from asking that person to marry you 
and then you suddenly realize this is over. It's not going to be what I need it to be. And it's hard to admit because you do feel like there's part of it that feels like a giant mistake. If you invest two, three, four years in a relationship and it doesn't end up working out, there's a big part of you that says to yourself, well, I can't admit it was a mistake because then all of that will have been for nothing. The reality of it is you had good times together. You had a lot of fun together. You probably loved each other, were in love or whatever at some point. But the moment you realize it's over and you don't do something about it, then you're just making it worse and doing yourself a giant disservice. And it's starting to sound like, at least in a guy like that, and there are many people out there like that who are recognizing, and you'll come around to it, that it's over. Trump is not capable of doing the things necessary, both personally and in terms of building the coalition necessary in the relation, having the relationships necessary to become president of the United States again, and more importantly, govern effectively if he gets in there. 93 WIBC, it's Kendall Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's out today. Kevin's here. Uh, somebody called about, uh, you know, we've been very critical of all the Biden gaffes and how he seems to continuously get away with it. This person had some thoughts on that. Longtime listener. Not the first time caller, but the first time caller into your show. I appreciate watching, listening to you uh, both uh, as I drive up to uh, India a few times a week. And I just wanted to say thanks for doing uh, the show. I appreciate uh, everything you guys are doing. Um, I was listening to the broadcast this morning and uh, saw the um, take on the Biden speeches where he's lying about, about the cost of everything. So my question is, how are the mainstream media that continue to support him not being held accountable for allowing his team that feeds him information to get away unscathed by the bald-faced lies that he continues to foist upon the American people. Well, my question to that would be held accountable by who? Who's going to hold them accountable? Look, CNN has been held accountable in the sense of their new head has come in and said, our ratings stink and we got to try to figure out a way to make some money. We got to go more to the center. So that has kind of worked. But if an organization like MSNBC or the Indianapolis Star or the Washington Post or whoever has an ownership group that is willing to take the hit, then you're not going to be ever to, ever able to hold them accountable. They're always going to exist in some fashion. The only thing you can do by holding them accountable is not consuming the product. And that's really all you can do because ideology matters far more to these people right now than really profit or being profitable. Uh, real quick, Kevin took time to pull this, so I wanted to play it. It is AOC with the take of the year. Inflation isn't the government's fault. It's Wall Street's fault. Our inflation is not going up due to government policies. Inflation is going up due to Wall Street decisions. Think about the arrogance, the self-absorption, and the narcissism of someone who has spent as much money as AOC. And to look into a camera that will go all over the world and go, it's not my fault. It's the Wall Street guy's fault. Hey, we hope you have a great rest of your day. Keep it right here. 
Tony Katz, the news department, Hammer and Nigel will have all the latest on the Delphi news investigation, etc. Hopefully Casey will be back tomorrow. Kevin, great job as always. I'm Rob Kendall. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC.